you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Hi, you, bud. I'm good. Good afternoon or morning to everybody. I'm grateful to be on with you, Sangram. You bring you bring a lot of wisdom, so I look forward to taking some some nuggets from you as well. Dude, today's is all about you. Like wisdom is gonna come from you. I think from me, it's gonna be just energy questions from all incredible people that are also online watching it from literally across the world. So it's a lot of fun. So, Brett, it was so cool to have you do a keynote at our company's kickoff a few weeks ago. And almost everybody said after that, that we gotta, we gotta hear more from him, like what, what's going on? Because the way of your delivery and authenticity is just off the roof. I'm sure you've heard that before. And one of the things that stuck, and this was like the coronavirus thing was just getting started. It wasn't even a thing, but we were doing elbow bumps and all that stuff. So we were kind of yeah. used to, to not like hugging, which is something that uh, you and I would normally do. Mm-hmm. It, you, so it was just beginning and the next day we have to shut everything down. But you said something that day, which is the whole reason I wanted to make sure we talk about this today and, and begin with that um, as you share a little bit about what New Story Charity does, New Story does. Uh, what your business model looks like, and then get into this this idea. You said, as an organization, when things go bad, and I don't know how bad it can go than it is right now for, for some organizations, but when things go bad, you and your leadership team says good. Mm-hmm. And you don't say good because it's like glad it happened. It was yeah. like, good, I know it. And there was a level of, depth in that, that I think everybody realized and understood that there is a way how we react to things or not. So I want to really dive into it. There are great nuggets. I took a whole bunch of notes in that, and I really want to dig into some of them right now. But let's just start with you just sharing a little bit about your own story, new story, and get into it. Sure. So we, we can come back to that mantra in a moment. But uh, for those who don't know new story, uh, I am Lucky to um, be the CEO and co-founder of the organization. Our mission is to pioneer solutions to end global homelessness. Uh, We've been around for about five years and uh, we have raised about uh, $40 million in revenue since then. We've um, funded over 3,000 houses um, across Haiti, El Salvador, Mexico. Uh, We began um, 3D printing the world's first community last year with our partner Icon that um, has actually been uh, documented by Apple TV Plus. Um, a documentary actually comes out this Friday, April 17th, um, about how we began that project, how the first few homes were 3D printed. And so that'll be actually be out this Friday on Apple TV. And, um, you know, now we're, we're a team of about, about 30 folks um, split between Atlanta and San Francisco. Um, we really try to prioritize innovation and just thinking differently and, and really challenging the status quo in, in our area of work. And uh, we're just now you know, pivoting and, and trying to do our best as everybody else is uh, during this season. And um, you know, thankfully we've really invested into our culture and, um, and our team's very excited about 
the creativity, the resourcefulness, the entrepreneurship, the just the opportunities that we really see over the coming quarter and for the rest of the year. Yeah, dude. Uh, and five years ago, just take us back to that moment of what get, got you started to do this thing. Just take us back for a little bit. I think because the, the reason I, I, I shared something on LinkedIn, I feel like, like right now, many people can look at this as the worst time possible for them. And maybe I'm eternally optimistic. I think this could be the best time for you if you want to actually start something that you've been waiting for. This might be the nudge that you needed to get out there and do something. And it sounds like, is it insensitive maybe? And I want to make sure it doesn't come across that because there's a lot of yeah. negative and bad things are happening. But for, for a lot of people, I think there's an opportunity to reinvent themselves, reimagine themselves. And you did that when you started New Story with, uh, with some of the folks. What was the impetus to get you to start New Story so people can connect with who you really are as mm -hmm. a person? And then I want to get into the philosophy of leadership that I think is just incredibly strong at your organization. Yeah, I'll, I'll start by saying that um, I, I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely feel this, that I have never felt as entrepreneurial and creative over the last month. Um, than I did when I was first starting the organization. And when we went through a program called Y Combinator um, out in Silicon Valley, we were one of the first nonprofits to go through that program. And since then, this last month is when I've felt the most entrepreneurial. So it is true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how it happened for me was really twofold. Um, one, I was, was pretty young. I was in my early, early 20s and I had a, a pretty big life change that, just kind of changed my values and changed my heart. Um, it was a, a revived Christian faith for me personally. Yeah. And, um, and it sent me down on a trip to Haiti. And I went down there a couple years after the 2010 earthquake. And uh, I just got to meet kids and families that were uh, living in these tarp tents that uh, left them without life's most basic human needs, food, water, safety, and something we're all very familiar with today, shelter. And, uh, and we met these kids that just literally had, had none of those things. And so that really got my heart. Um, but I, I came back and that's not why I started the organization. Um, I came back and I tried to find other organizations that I could get really excited about. And for me, I was, you know, I was young. I was, uh, you know, very much into the startup world and the technology. And the more organizations I looked at, at least personally felt, I felt there was um, there were so many orgs that were just doing everything the same. Uh, it was very traditional. It seemed very much a status quo. Um, I didn't see a lot of the uh, kind of startup mentality or nonprofits that were really focusing on innovation or had an R and D budget or would hire software engineers to come up with solutions to make things more streamlined and more effective. I just didn't see that. And so that became the, the reason why I thought it actually made sense to start an organization instead of just join an organization that was already working on this problem. And, and I think that for those listening, whether it's starting your own thing or starting a program inside your organization or inside your nonprofit or inside your church, like there has to be a very natural reason of why you want to do it. And um, for me, it was like I wanted to make something that that I wanted, that I didn't see was out there. And that was the original reason of why to do it. 
there's a phrase we learned at Y Combinator, which is very simple, but it's make something people want, right? And, and I felt there was a demographic of people like myself that wanted a more modern version that would take more risk, that would be more innovative as a nonprofit or as a charity. And we couldn't find any that were really doing that in our sector. So that's why we felt it was worth taking a swing and starting. And I think that's why we got traction was because we really saw a gap in, in, in the market for that. And that's why we got off to a pretty good start. Love that. And I hope everybody caught in a few things Then I wanted to highlight what Brett, you just mentioned. One is make something people want. Like that is so important. Put a plank out there. If you love it, give us a thumbs up, a like, because that is something that we all need to realize. We are in our own world, start thinking every that whatever you want to do is people what they want, but you got to be able to really create something that people want and you can test that through it. Another interesting thing about your business model from a charity, and I'm going to say it as a business because I think you're yeah. running as a real business. It's not like charity for the sake of charity. It's a hundred percent of the dollars that go directly to the charity. And then you started a donors fund and you had a, another way of making sure that the cost of those 30, 40 people that work at New Story, they're not funded from the dollars that any one of you right now might want to go to New Story charity and do stuff like, like, like I'm doing, I love it, is because that, that essentially is a very innovative business model. So could you just take 10 seconds to just share your business model so people get an idea of what innovation yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, sure. This is just another, again, make something people wanted, right? So a problem that I saw and I felt was, ah, when people give, they don't really know what percent actually goes to the need, right? We've all probably felt that, right? How yeah. much actually goes? And so what do you do about that? Well, we created a model. Um, it's very simple. Uh, when you give, our promise is that every single penny goes towards helping a family. And, and then all of the op OPEX and the back-end costs are covered by a private group of donors that we call the builders. Most of them are in kind of venture capital or private equity or are in technology. And um, they just kind of understand that you have to hire excellent people and you need uh, a budget to try risky things in order to get breakthroughs. And so they're happy to fund that. And it's only about 55 of them. And then uh, the thousands of other donors that give, 100% um, of what they give will go directly towards helping a family in desperate need. Love it. All right. So let's get into this, this philosophy of... And one quick thing before we get into that, because yeah. um, it goes with the this, this startup version. So make something people want. Yes, that's like, like so important. I think it's a starting point. But then how you do it, like when we started... And this is another mantra we have is uh, dream big and start small, right? Yeah. So, so we, we didn't come out saying, hey, we want to like help a million families, you know, in the first three years. And we're going to figure out all the back end scalable solutions and how to partner with federal government to do all these things, right? No, we're like, let's just try to do it for one house. And then let's just try to do one community, right? Mm -hmm. And you can, you can do things. Um, there's another mantra that, that we were taught at White Comedy, um, which is in the early days to do things that don't scale, right? Which is very counterintuitive to what we hear because we think, oh, we have an idea. Let's figure out like the scalable solution and, and blah, blah, blah. But like what you actually need to do is just try to figure out some way to test it. Yeah. Um, and you can hack around many different ways to do that. Uh, and then if it works, then you can of course scale it. So 
I love that, man. I'm already thinking like make something people want, do things that don't scale. These are like big things to for people to to take away already. So mm -hmm. let's just talk about like how did you get to the point? What was the impetus for like when things go bad? Yeah, you see good. Where did that come from? Yeah, I think it's it's just a. Um... You know, I, I originally heard it. Uh, there's a really good author um, who does a podcast. Um, his name's Jocko Willenick, and yeah. uh, he has a great book called Extreme Ownership. That was the one that he kind of launched with. I think it's the. I personally think it's one of the best books on leadership. And you know, it's it's really just a mindset. And I think um, when I said it at the Terminus Conference, it was in the early days of COVID. Obviously, things have gotten way worse. And so, you know, the, the last thing I want people to say is like you know, I'm glad this is here because nobody in the world feels that, right? But it's it's more of the mental reset that there are things happening from a macro perspective that we cannot, we cannot control, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and there's going to be things that happen at your company that you're not, you don't have authority to control, right? Maybe your budget got cut if you're running a department, right? And so what you would, what you would say in that circumstance is you wouldn't pout, you wouldn't complain, you would say like, you would say, okay, like, good. Now I have to be more resourceful. I creativity will, will, will make uh, constraints will create creativity for me. Right. Maybe there was a couple of people on my team that like aren't critical and they had to go and that's actually going to make us more efficient and more effective. Um, right. Or if you, if you didn't, if you're trying to raise a funding round right now, there's a lot of startups that were trying to raise a, a you know, whatever series they were going to raise in the summer or even at the end of the year, you can now say, okay, well, it wasn't our plan, but good. We get to keep more of the company, right? Yeah. We get to maybe bootstrap it a little bit more. And, um, and, you know, over the next couple of years, we'll have more ownership of the company. You know, right now, what's happening with New Story is we work internationally. And, um, you know, a lot of our work, pretty much all of our work is on pause right now. Right. And so, of course, we don't want that to happen. Right. We have very serious initiatives that are deeply changing people's lives where we work. But we have to look at that and we can't we can't get all you know upset about it and disappointed. Um, of course, initially we can be. But we have to turn and say, what what opportunity does this create? Right. And, and that has led to, I would say, probably the most entrepreneurial and creative month that we've had at New Story since we went through Y Combinator. Nice. And and there are so many exciting new things we've been cooking up from a from a software side, things we've been creating um, from new startups within the organization we've been creating. And, you know, I kind of zoom out and look at that and think, man, again, the last thing in the world I want is for for this crisis to go on. But I'm yeah. like, we literally just had the most entrepreneurial month as an organization that we've had in maybe five years. That like, is. So that's crazy that's exciting um yeah. and and you can that's how a lot of the that's how a lot of the next you know generation big ideas come from right yeah. like you you have to create these moments where like i don't know why that's how you just came to my mind um maybe because he's a one of our supporters but you know when you're when you're at google you know if you're if you're not if you're just working on search and you're not thinking about how do you create gmail hmm. Right. Like, like you, you have to have sometimes these moments where you're thinking outside the box and you can redirect the resources and the talent and the ingenuity um, that you have on your team. And how do you redirect that towards something else? And this now gives everybody 
the excuse to reset, to zoom out, and to probably do some things that they wouldn't have license to do, whether that's from the board of directors' approval or from their boss's approval or the CEO's approval. It's like, no, you are now allowed and actually you must create and you must be different and you must innovate. And I think, you know, like I know Sangram, you're such an optimist, like I am too. That is not pie in the sky stuff, right? It's it's a real thing. And um, you know, I think some of the the best ideas and some of the best companies, or not even even if it's a whole company, but it could be a department inside an organization, some of these new initiatives that are being created, we're all gonna see over the next couple of months. And it's gonna be by those leaders that that pushed us um, to do it. So true, man. I'm I'm thinking about like we had a, our executive meeting this morning too, and we were talking about like, all right, instead of doing this one day or two day offsite, no, 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 we're gonna take like like blocks of our teams and like create groups who can just go and dismantle whatever it is that's coming up next, and no levels, no hierarchies, nothing. Like let's just go. And I even posted this morning that what's weird though. And this is the part I wanted nobody to 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 miss here. And and if you have questions, go type in here. We, we're gonna go jump into some of those right now. Ninety-nine percent of most organizations today, most brands today, I believe, are gonna take for the if they're established, especially if they're established, are gonna probably take a defensive route. They're like, you know, we need to be we need to be more careful. We need to be like all these things, right? And to a certain extent, that's that's what that's what it does to you when you become that big. And there's only less than one percent of the organizations like yours. I hope one of them is us, and I hope people listening to you are one of them, and your organization is one of them. Is going to take risk, is going to take chances, is going to fail a couple of times on doing trying different things. But nobody's going to say, "Why did you try that?" You are not going to get that question from anybody. Yeah. Why did you do that? Whereas a month ago, you wouldn't even be allowed to think about it, probably. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, so oh, yeah, I no. think it's ultimate freedom, ultimate freedom. For, if you want to try any part of it for your organization or for yourself, go do it. Like, right now, you give yourself the permission to go do it because this is, this is crazy time. Yeah. So true. All right. One of the other things you said is, uh, and, and correct me on this thing, uh, how, how you say it, because that took, I was just writing notes, man, when you were you were talking that day. Um, you talked about the fact that, and, and it changed my, my thinking, is the fast that eats small, not the big, something along those lines. Can you, can you reshare uh, that? Yeah, the, the fast eat the slow, not the big. Um, <laughs> fast eat the slow. Yeah, and and I think, um, and we're, we're definitely seeing that in this, in these times more than ever, right? Like, those that are able to probably break from a lot of the the more standard processes and uh, you know just I mean every company at some point has some bureaucracy right and I think that that's that's warranted um, in, in a lot of places but for those that can um, that can really move during this time and can probably break from a lot of the the normal structure that they had a month ago this is the time to do it, you know? And, and I think you have to set that example as a leader or as a manager, right? Because people are going to be used to a certain cadence, right? 
a certain way we do meetings, a certain amount of, you know, weekly rhythms that we need, a certain like approval process, a certain buy-in from it. Like all of that stuff I get in like peacetime. Sure. It can work and it can help, I guess, like maybe filter decisions better, but in a time like this, like you're going to, you're going to lose, right? You're not going to be, you got to be able to move fast. And I think we've seen that um, from some folks that have responded in all types of industries from sectors. I mean, from the, from different governments to different for-profit companies and nonprofit companies that have responded to, you know, just COVID-19 as an example, mm-hmm. the ones that have moved fast, those are the ones that we're all respecting. Right. Yeah. And, and, and even if they don't get it perfect, right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're moving fast right now. Whereas some of the other folks that are moving much slower, they're probably trying to get it more perfect. And it's just like, this isn't the time to do that. Yeah. Um, and they will be swallowed. They will be swallowed. Really? It's, it's, I mean, this is not a time to be meek at all uh, when it comes to being out there and doing something and trying different things. Yeah. And, and you know, bigger companies can make that decision too, right? I mean, I, I, uh, what, one of my favorite books is, um, not that many people have heard about it, but it's, uh, it's a book called Insanely Simple. And it's about um, the creative director that works so closely with Steve Jobs at Apple, um, mm-hmm. Shia Day. And they just talk through his process, Steve Jobs' process, compared to IBM and Dell and everybody else. Like, they would literally make decisions in a month that would take Dell, um, no exaggeration, 12 months to make. Right? Yeah. And how? It was not magic. They just decided... This is how we're going to do things. Yeah, let's go. So anybody can do it. Um, if you're a big company, you can still do it. But again, you have to you have to get rid of that that full end to end maybe Dell, IBM corporate process and be a little bit more like like Apple, who said they're you know the biggest startup in the world. I love that man so much. I remember this is something I would encourage everybody to do this. Uh, and you may have already done this, uh, Brad, but I went and printed Steve Jobs, uh, not Steve Jobs, sorry, Jeff Bezos' shareholder letter from mm-hmm. 1997. It's literally, a lot of them are literally two pages. So it's not a whole bunch. So from 1997 to 2000, I think 17 or something, I just went, it's all available publicly. So anybody can go and go check it, check it out. If you just, you go and print it. And what's exciting and incredibly amazing is that you can understand the thought process of Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. right from that time. Like, what was he thinking? And like, yeah, yeah, right now he's the richest guy in the world. He's done Amazon. He's doing all these things. But in 1995, 1997, when it got started, what was he thinking? Right? Yes. I love it. And in that, he had this philosophy around the day one and day two that I think most people know. Like, And, and he then kept talking about that even in the recent days more so than anything is that day one companies are the one who make high quality decisions fast. That was his whole thesis, high quality decisions fast. That is the only difference between day one companies and day two. Day two companies go and make decisions slow. And by the time they get to around decisions, it's crazy. And then he further explained, this is the part I loved about it. He's like, 99% of your decisions that you will make for yourself or your organization are probably reversible. And that made me really think about that, right? Like 99% of 
all the decisions that you would ever make, I mean, there are some that you, you know, you need some counsel and help and all those things, but 99% of the decisions you're going to make for your brand right now, you're going to make for your organization right now, all the things that you're going to say yes and no to right now, you can completely reverse that once you figure out, oh, that doesn't work, or oh, there's a better way to do this or something like that. So it doesn't kill it. It actually just pushes it forward. But his idea of Dave and companies is that they make high quality decisions, but they do it fast, like blew my mind. It sounds like very similar to, to the to the book. Okay. That I love that. I'm going to go look at, I mean, I'm familiar with a lot of that content, but uh, that's really, really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it. I literally, I mean, that's like the best book ever to read is the shareholder letters of Jeff Bezos. I never thought about it until I printed one. So one of the things that, that you also mentioned about that is that, look, being an underdog is a huge strength for, for your organization, for yourself. So I know a lot of people are probably thinking about that is go and figure out, you know, are you an underdog? underdog right now this is like your ultimate strength right now and everybody at this point big or small i feel for the very first time and i'm curious to get your thoughts is like an underdog like even if you're a big company right now you're like an underdog trying to figure things out because nobody has ex experienced something like this before so you all get to play underdog like you think about salesforce and Seabell. like salesforce played the underdog and now you get to play that and everybody's in the same level feel I also like I just started to notice that there were times where people said, well, we can go remote. Our company culture is has to be like in the room and look, you don't have any more excuses. You have to figure this thing out. Your culture is what you create together for the shared value, not necessarily your office. So we are reinventing on all these levels. How are you thinking about that in your organization right now? Very specifically, the strengths of your organization, which one of those you're like, we got to double down on these couple of strengths. When you talk about the examples of your team going through, I'd love for you to share a couple of examples that you're going to change. Uh, right now. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. That's no, no. We got uh, no, um, no So just so everybody know, this construction going on, uh, um, and we're like, give, everybody has grace. So give thumbs up if you have grace and love because we are in uncertain times. So totally cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, first of all, underdog mentality, even before all this happened, is like no, nothing Nothing is given. You have to earn it, right? You have to earn it. Like rent's due every month, and you've got to earn it. And and so we've always had that mentality. Uh, nothing's going to be given to us that, you know, we don't deserve. We're not entitled to anything. Um, and I think you sometimes get that mentality as an underdog if, if you always have been an underdog, right? That could be... Yeah where you went to college, or maybe you didn't have certain resume as somebody else. So you have a chip on your shoulder. And, um, and I think that can translate into into a company as well, that, um, you know, right now, for the most part, except for like a very small percentage of companies that are actually going to do, you know, better during this time, because this helps them, pretty much all of our numbers are going to start looking down, right? Like all of our, everything is going to start going in the other way. And, um, and we're not going to be given any of the, uh, maybe some of the, the, the brand equity that we've built up over the last couple of years, because if it's not, if it's not essential to a buyer right now or to a customer, if it's not relevant to them, yeah, good luck. Right. Yeah. So just taking that mentality that you really have to earn it. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I love the fact that right now, anything that's not a a painkiller, and if you're just doing vitamin, I think 
David Cummings used that a long time ago. He's one of our investors from day one. And he, he said this all the time is like, when the economy goes down, the painkillers are going to be the one that's going to be going off the shelf and vitamins will start getting killed because people are not going to look for them anymore. And that's what I think everybody has to figure out and reinvent yourself. Like, are you a painkiller or a vitamin? And maybe you wear a vitamin right now and you have to figure out like, okay, what pain are we really truly solving? And that is there, there it's to be taken. There is pain right now, maybe more so than you ever um, identified. I, I, who was that? I mean, this. I watched this whole series on the the men who built America. I don't know if you have watched that. Yeah, I've seen that. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. I would highly recommend. Like, if people you gotta watch like that History Channel or something. It's great. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it was on Prime or something like that, or or, or Netflix somewhere. The men who built America, and it was. And since I, I did not grow in the United States, like you know. I, I watched it and I was like, oh, JP Morgan was a real person. Like, you know, Rockefeller is a real person. Like, you know, Andrew, like it literally blew my mind. Like, oh, these people are real people. And I just remember Carnegie Hall. Okay, fine. Like I didn't like the person. It's fantastic. Everybody should watch that. It's just great history lesson for you if you're watching that. And then one of the things in which who was it? Was it Rockefeller who essentially when things went bad, he actually took his kerosene and all that stuff and turned into like oil It's something or for, for, or, um, for when Henry Ford came out, like he said like, all right, we can create something else out of this thing from the same exact, because he saw that his whole thing was gonna get shut down if he did not reinvent himself. And at that time he owned the majority of like, I think he had his, his capital was like three times the, you know, the, the cap of United States GDP or something like that. But they reinvented themselves even at that time. So this is this is the same thing. Yeah, there's a there's a term I've um, been using with our team that I think gets at this. It's a uh, like in a time like COVID nineteen, which is a little different than some economic downturns, even though there's a lot of similarities. Like we've been saying, you have to be, you of course have to be incredibly resilient, right, and relevant. And so if you're only resilient, but not relevant, you're going to miss out, right? You're not going to, you're not going to have the essential product offering, or if you're not pivoting to something that is, is, is much more of the, um, uh, the painkiller, yeah. then good luck. Cause then it doesn't matter how hard you're working or how resilient you are or how great the culture is or how great the morale is. Yeah. If you're not relevant, people aren't going to buy. Yeah. Um, or don't, right. It's just, it just, it is what it is. And so you got to be, be resilient and relevant. I love that. All right. So here's what we're going to wrap up. I'm going to share maybe two or three big ideas that took a bunch of notes. And then I want you to share a challenge with everybody around what you know, something that they can do today or like tomorrow. Like they just think about something that they could say, here's a challenge for you. Go do this then because the time is now. So a couple of things for me from this conversation. One, make something people want. I think that's such a great phrase. Thank you for sharing that. So everybody who's in marketing or sales or something, you can create content that that can actually, that people really want. This is probably the time where don't create those eBooks for everybody. Maybe create something that people really, really, really want. And this is the time where you're gonna figure that out. So make something you really want. The second thing you talked about was constraints creates create creativity. I think I, won't, I don't want people to lose on that. It's really important that 
whatever the constraints are, think about the creativity that's going to come out of your team. So don't downplay that, engage that, embrace that, encourage that. So I'm with you on that. And then the one thing that you said, which is something that I think I'm doing with LinkedIn Live, I'm doing LinkedIn Live because I think it's the most important time to do. This is one way to do it. We we're going to do a Zoom call for the podcast. Now I'm turning this into LinkedIn Live that will be repurposed on uh, my final podcast, right? So we get to do this, get people to engage, and it will be on the podcast a few weeks later. But the point is, this is not going to scale, right? This is the most unscalable thing I could possibly be doing right now, but it's important to do. So do things and figure out what scales, uh, what, what doesn't scale, and it's okay because you're going to figure something out out of it. And then I don't want anybody, anybody, if you missed everything, don't miss this. Fast, eat the slow, not the big. Fast eat the slow, not the big. So it's time to go and do some things fast. Don't wait for permission. So Brett, any challenge that you want to share with everybody as, as people jump into this new world right now? Yeah, I mean, the challenge I think is going to be most helpful to a lot of companies that are still wrapping their head around this and a lot of team members that are wrapping their head around this. Um, really is the, It really is that mindset around, you know, when things go bad, um, how, do you, how do you respond? And... And to like really believe that there's opportunity, like you got to really own that. And it can't just be something that you hear people say on a podcast or like you're, if, if you don't believe it, then it's not going to happen. Right. But yeah. there are going to be people out there. They're going to be people on your team. They're going to be people below you at your companies that are going to truly believe that. And they are going to look at things from an opportunistic standpoint. And they're the ones that are going to make things happen over the next three months. And so my challenge would be, be one of those people that's gonna think opportunistically and think creatively and don't just sit back and wait and bring negativity, neg any kind of negativity to, to your team or to your workplace. And the good news about that is that it doesn't require a certain MBA from a certain school or certain credentials. It's literally a choice that you can make every day. So that's up to you. Yeah. I love that, dude. Love you, man. I love what you're doing. Uh, everybody, please go check out newstorycharity.org. Uh, they're doing some cool stuff on April 17th. Uh, you mentioned there's this this whole documentary is getting getting out. So check it out. All information is on on News Story. Anything else you want to share about News Story or any, for people to go and check it out? Uh, that's it. Um, on April 17th, we yeah we have. Um, we have a, a documentary that's been filmed by Apple that's coming out, but we also have a um, our first U.S. project that I can't give all the details today. But um, we are we're responding to to COVID, and we're going to uh, try to prevent homelessness in the U.S. And so we'll have a, a very simple, trusted, streamlined way that anyone in the country can can help their neighbor, uh, the ones that are in the most desperate need with children. And um, we're going to provide a platform for you to do that. So um, I would just say maybe follow us on social media. Um, our handle on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook is New Story Charity all, all together. And uh, if you follow us, then you'll, you'll kind of see us as we're posting. And then when, it, when we launch the new program on Friday, you can see how you might want to join. That's awesome, man. Love it. God bless you, man. Thank you so much.